with It Is Done featuring David Walker. Victory 91.5. This is Keith and Ray Haynes in studio teaching about countdown to a wedding, Pentecost 2018. Mm-hmm. Is it countdown to a royal wedding? You know, it's ironic that it's the same time, right? It's actually the real royal wedding that we're talking about because mm-hmm. you get to marry Jesus. So tomorrow is the, the royal wedding. The royal wedding, yeah. Wow. And so the next day, technically, would be Pentecost. So, you know, they, they're actually timed it very well for, you know, for earthly royalty. They're right. getting you ready for this. So it's not a bad thing to connect the two together. That's, <laughs> that's kind of cool. So I want you to actually think about your wedding for a minute. In different terms, because, you know, most people um, look at the Ten Commandments and they realize that they, they fail to keep them, to keep that command, and so it can be a little weighty. And so I want to show you, because what happened when at Mount Sinai, the first Pentecost, the giving of the Ten Commandments and that encounter, that was to be the wedding. That was mm-hmm. to be that opportunity for them to encounter God and to experience him in a different way. And they, of course, said, took Moses, the best man, and said, no, nah, you go do this. And so they never got to encounter God that way. We did at salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to look at the Ten Commandments in a different way. All right. You probably don't remember your wedding vows. Did you guys write them or were they uh, uh, They were traditional? Uh, yeah, traditional. traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, us too. So, so think of these as the traditional wedding vows and what they mean. So you have 10 commandments or 10 vows. The first five are related to how we relate to God. The second five, how we relate to the other members of the bride. All right. This is wedding vows. Number one. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, you can either read that as a command or the wedding vow would sum that up as an, I rescued you because I love you and you alone. I give you me. Don't give your love to anyone else. Mm. That would be the wedding vow version of that. Number two, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. And it goes on to give all the specifics. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And talks about the the difficulties of of what he will do if if you do that don't make for yourself a carved image and what is the vow you might say it this way focus on me because i'm all about you that's what that command is about you know when we think of the 10 commandments we we think of it in a heavy sort of way but it really wasn't he was simply trying to say i love you do this and you'll experience the best of my love Command number three, or vow number three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord your God will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, that's an unusual thing, the the concept of taking the name of the Lord in vain. So think of it this way. Let my name make your heart sing. Think about uh, the you know, when you're a kid and you know you're the, the a lot of time it's a girl they're writing because they're going to get a new last name. The writing of their name, you know, <laughs> I don't know if your <laughs> wife did that or not, but <laughs> let my name make your heart sing. Now the Lord equals that that word the Lord equals Jehovah, or the existing one, or I am the proper name of the one true God. So you think of that teenager writing the name of the one they love over and over and over. It became, for the Jews, the unpronounced word in Hebrew. So they they did it without the vowels (laughs) uh, because that name was so holy and so precious to them. That seems to us like that's really kind of overdoing the thing, but they were were making that name of of such preciousness to them. (laughs) The next command, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. So 
maybe the vow would sound like, let's not get sidetracked doing even important stuff. Let's take time just to be together every week. It's an invitation to be with him. You see, it's more like a vow than it's just this hardcore law. Does it mean you don't have to keep it? Well, of course not. The point of your vows are that you would keep them. That's why it's a vow. Don't break a vow. But when you say command, sometimes it just seems so harsh. When it, because it doesn't fit in our language anymore. English isn't really a commanding uh, word. Isn't a word we use in that sense anymore. It would really be. It probably fits better when you say vow. So, but you still have to keep your vows. So, the the next are all about how you treat the rest of the bride. Honor your father and mothers. You shall not murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't covet. Those are the next commands. So it's saying this in the vow, the way I'm treating you is the way I want you to treat my bride. Look for ways to honor them. I'm going to give you everything you need. I'll give each of them everything they need. So don't lose your focus. Don't hurt them. Don't take what I give them. Don't lie about them. Don't even desire what I give them. That's the point of those vows or commands. In 2 Samuel, the prophet Nathan rebukes David for his sins. He says, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house, your master's wives into your keeping, gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I, would, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You know, this, this concept of the husband, the, the groom, and the bride that follows through those Ten Commandments because God's looking at you going, I will give you anything. There's nothing I'm wanting to withhold from you, not, no desire. So treat each other the same way. Have that heart. And it's really weird because if you think of the Jews in the, their attempt to make the name of God holy, they kept the consonants, which are the hard sounds. The vowels, the soft sounds, they removed, right? So think about this. If you wonder what it was like to be, even to this day, to be Jewish, to have the, the, that way or that concept. As a Christian, it's hard to think of what it's like to be a Jew because we know Jesus. And they're, they're walking in traditions. So I want you to think about it this way. Think about it as a song. You hear us sing these songs all day long, right? So only keep the consonants in the songs. Out of every word, take out all the vowels. Because he rejoices over us with singing, right? And cantors perform Jewish services. Now imagine singing without the vowels. Imagine any of these songs if you took out all the vowels. Mm. All the beauty is gone. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're, and the end result for them was they had a very hard, harsh image of God because they had taken the beauty and the sweetness, the romance out of the language, mm. and they just kept the hardness there. So that's the last thing we want to do, and that's from Pentecost. That's why for those of you who have been raised thinking, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is it good? Is it right? Is it? That's the problem. Don't stick to the consonants and throw out the vowels, mm. no matter if you don't understand it or somebody's giving you some odd teaching. Just take the word of God, all of it. Put the vowels, the consonants together. Let the word of the God, that word of God just wash over you and just put the truth back into your life. Awesome, awesome. More from Ray Haynes, Pentecost 2018, countdown to the royal wedding. The, How are you, the. we could say that. <laughs> you can check us out at blog.victory.radio later on this afternoon. You can find out all the notes. More from Ray Haynes, Victory 91.5. Automation Direct would like to share.